was an adventure. Oh boy, was it. Yeah. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Cinderella podcast, where we watch and review every Cinderella adaptation we can get our hands on, discussing something that looks like the same story over and over until we slowly go insane. I'm Liv. And I'm Talon. And today we watched a Cinderella story, If the Shoe Fits, made in 2016. I'm going to go ahead and call this The Forest Too Many Cinderella because, as you may have guessed by the title, this is the fourth installment in the a Cinderella Story series franchise. I have a delightful piece of Thing. trivia that ties into this. Oh, please. So on its IMDb trivia page, uh, this gem pops up. The If the Shoe Fits is the last in the series, was scheduled to be the last in the series, until they came up with an idea for the actual last one, Cinderella Story, A Christmas Wish. This is especially funny because there is another one, Starstruck, which has come out this year. And it's just a delightful piece of trivia (laughs) for me. They really thought, yeah, we're going to be done with this. And then they just made more. They were like, okay, four, four is good. Four is a good number. We're done with four. I mean five, but we're definitely done with five. Wait, six. I fell down a big Google rabbit hole of, is there going to be a seven though? Because the last one came out this year, I think June or July of 2021. So too early to tell. (laughs) Too early Uh, to tell, but I'm hopeful. Listeners, if you want to take bets. We'll run a pool for you. (laughs) I don't know how that works, but. No, we make no promises. (laughs) This sounds highly illegal. All right. Do you have any other trivia that you would like to share with our listeners before we get started? Because I have one or two things. I just wanted to say that when I saw the title, A Cinderella Story, If the Shoe Fits, I was like, this is a promising title because it sounds like this movie might actually know like the relevant beats of a Cinderella story. And it was like, ah, yes, it recognizes that there should be a shoe, which proved questionable. We're going to have a lot of questions in this podcast. One is, what do you think the shoe was? Yeah, I don't know anymore. (laughs) And what do you think the ball was? And also, what in God's name just happened? Um, so many things happened to us you guys you don't even know there were so many characters they just kept introducing villains and then villains for villains and then villains for villains to have villains of villains just my my chart is going to go off the richter scale um anyways so i was very excited to see that our cinderella for this version she plays Evie in Descendants, which is a Disney series, movie, channel, original. It's insane. It's nonsense. I love the Descendants trilogy, and I was delighted that this was going to be Evie. I remained delighted the entire time, although I could not stop thinking of her as Evie. She's in my notes about half the time as Evie, which is none of the 17 names she tries on in this show. <laughs> IMDb gives this a 5.8 out of 10 stars. And apparently, this is the most popular of the franchise. Fascinating. Yeah, I was also... I was, I was taken aback. 
So do you want to talk about how this movie starts? Sure. So we get a voiceover. Once upon a time, there was a girl named Tessa who had a dream. And then the movie opens on like the number from Greece where they're all dancing on the car. Mm -hmm. There's a red convertible. There's a girl who's like wearing a cat suit that's sort of mechanic themed. And there's a lot of boys with jumpsuits with rolled up sleeves and they're all doing choreography and she's singing a song and she's like doing cartwheels while they're holding her. And then like she steps on a guy who's doing push-ups to get down it's a lot of things happening and she's singing a song about how she's in the driver's seat and she doesn't need anyone's permission she's gonna go full throttle they do a dance with like bandanas but i wrote it down as handkerchief dance it's straight up morris dancing they go into straight up morris dancing with like handkerchiefs for a second i lost it i was so happy for one second one of the lines in this crazy song is I'm going to steer where I'm going to steer. Yeah, that's what steering is. That's that's how steering works. Also, the license plate on this car says control, just oh, to emphasize so. <laughs> that this is a song about control. Wow. So they keep singing and they start to go for a second verse, at which point <laughs> I was like, that's too much. That's too Please much. <laughs> but thankfully, it kind of fades out to like, tinier music and the sequence ends and because tessa our cinderella is underneath a car and she gets pulled out because she's being yelled at someone's calling her name not yep. yelled at and it is a very handsome mechanic guy who we oh. never see again he's got oh. like a, he's got like dark hair and like yeah. a little beard oh very he's handsome. very he's got nice musculature and he's got like a nice deep voice mm, he was we were definitely focused on him yeah we never see him again no ever (laughs) so he tells her that her stepmother is calling her and the voiceover goes but this is a story about her reality yeah so so that's how it starts that's how it starts and we find out in this scene that they are getting ready to go on vacation and handsome mechanic goes maybe she gets nicer on vacation and Tessa rolls out from under the car and goes to help her with her bags. Our stepmother is screaming that she is, that Tessa has scuffed her favorite bag. And we meet the stepsisters. They roll out of the car. They're both skinny. We get fat jokes about one of them, but they're both skinny. One of them is tall and really annoying. And one of them is shorter and really stupid. Yes. The annoying one is named Athena and the stupid one is named Olympia. And the stepmother is named Divine. She is also played by, um, uh, again, I am not looking up names. Uh, No apologies. This is who I am as a person. But she's the bad lady client in Liar Liar, which is where I recognized her from. It's a movie with Jim Carrey from like the 90s. And so she's the the mean client lady. So I recognized her as Samantha Cole and I was delighted. She does a very good job of being like a really mean stepmother. She does. Very distinctive. Yes. Without being, I don't know. I feel like the second one was just so comically over. Just like, I want to strangle you. Yeah. Just 
ridiculous that I, I didn't even find her evil. I just found her bizarre. But this one was genuinely awful, but distinctive. We meet part of her distinction immediately because Cinderella goes to take we have to talk about it. It comes up so many times. I'm I know. Sorry. We I have know. to talk about it. I know. Okay. So Tessa goes to take bags out of the trunk and the stepmother screams, be careful with my sparkles and makes a barking sound. And Tessa turns around with a little dog carrier and there's a dog inside of it. And Talon and I, who are now watching these live together so we can take better notes for you guys, said out loud, that dog's dead because yes. the camera shows us a dog that is very clearly dead and taxidermied it has lifeless eyes it's not moving it's terrifying as soon as we say that tessa goes sparkles is dead and divine screams into her face not in my heart and then barks a lot yeah i was really hoping that this would happen once in the movie and then never again. I was, I underestimated a, a lot, dramatically, much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oof. All right. All of the stepmother's bags are purple for some reason. She makes Tessa carry all of them except one, and she describes that as her pitching in. Yes. They're at this resort, um, and there's a big sign that says, are you the next Cinderella? And they're walking through the pool area and the stepmother tells her daughter, Athena, that she should be wearing a bikini and like lounging around in the pool. And then she tells Olympia that she should not. And that's the first of many jokes in that vein. Yes. Uh, she reminds her daughters that they have superstar blood coursing through their veins because they're Madonna's cousin three times removed. Madonna's third cousin twice removed. My bad. <laughs> we should describe what these people look like to our lovely listeners. Yes. That's, yes. Okay. Okay, so Cinderella is pale with long, dark hair. It's very dark brown, almost black, and very dark eyebrows. She's lovely. She's got sort of stronger features she's kind of tall she's thin but sort of muscular uh she wears her hair basically only in a very very excruciatingly tight ponytail that was very popular in 2016 made my hair follicles hurt to look at it the step family is all very aggressively red-haired mm -hmm. olympia has red rolls in her hair when we first meet her it's these very weird sort of cornrow-esque things it's a bizarre style she's she's shorter and she's very bad at makeup we get a lot of eating jokes around her which again she's skinny so the jokes weren't funny not that they would have been funny anyways but they were extra not funny in the not making sense category athena's taller they're not really ugly they're just unpleasant which yes. To be fair, I really like it when a Cinderella specifically makes the stepsisters unpleasant rather than grotesque. Yes. I, I I'm like a big that. fan of they're repulsive because of their personality. Agreed. Agreed. I like that a lot. And they are indeed repulsive. And uh, the stepmother is 
very large, very busty. She has a very intense voice. It's kind of high-pitched and childish, but also scratchy, like a hundred-year-old smoker. It's like a very cartoonish voice. It is, but it is her natural voice. That is genuinely how she sounds. Yes. Um, (laughs) I had a roommate in college who her genuine voice sounded like a toddler. She just, she talked like a four-year-old and it was genuinely just how she spoke. How was her voice sounded like a child and it made it very hard to yell at her because it also made it very hard to take her seriously when she was yelling at you because you're like, aw, <laughs> you're adorable. This is deeply unfortunate. So many things are deeply unfortunate. So, so we're <sighs> at the pool and this is where we meet Janet, who is the villain to our villains. Yep. Because the stepsisters have an antagonist who's just a girl with brown hair who is also there to audition for the Cinderella that they're auditioning for. And she's somehow better than them, but she seems like very awkward to me. She, she is, she is, she's blonde. She seems very athletic. But yeah, extremely awkward. Her mother is Lauren, I believe. Yes. Divine and Lauren have one of those frenemy rich women cat fight. We're not really fighting conversation of, oh, I hardly recognize you with your new face. Oh, thanks. Do you want the number? They do liposuction. Oh, haha, you're so witty. Just that was their conversation. Yes. And then we meet Bianca. I love Bianca. Bianca stole my heart. This is a patio pool full of rich, well-dressed, skinny ladies. And Bianca's wearing a gray sweatshirt and her hair is up in an extremely messy pony. And she is curled up, passed out on an armchair. And my God, she won my heart. Bianca looks hungover every second that she appears on screen. Her mother says that She's just been practicing so much and she's just tired. But she's hungover. She's hungover. She's hungover or high the entire time. Her hair is just in very messy. She's wearing just gray sweats and just sleeping in random places in extremely weird positions. And I, I felt a kindred spirit. Yes, I love Bianca with my entire heart. Yes. So Lauren ends this cat fight by saying to Divine, oh, you're so brave to have only come with one assistant. And Tessa goes, yeah, I'm, I'm not actually her assistant. I'm her stepdaughter. And Divine sends her away to do stuff and then says, she's sensitive about her position. Divine ends this conversation by saying, well, it's been fascinating, but I'm bored now. And then she just walks away. That's a powerful exit. It's yes. a, I like it. <laughs> I wish I had the confidence to do that in my daily life. Yeah. It's probably for the best that I don't. So that scene ends. And then we get like this guy singing and it's very awkward. And what I have is just a row of what is this? What is this? What is this? Instead of notes describing what's happening. It sort of looks like a 90s music video. Or like an early 2000s music video, just kind of leaning backwards together and 
pictures in the background. I, I don't know. It was strange. It so happened the, very suddenly, and oh, I don't know why, but it was very upsetting to me. It, it was jarring. I will agree. I got over it fast because I was immediately more upset by the next thing that happened, which is the stepsisters are watching these music videos. This guy, we find out, is Reed West. He will be our Prince Charming. And unfortunately. Unfortunately. And Olympia goes, I would sell body parts for him. Good ones. Which I think tops our new worst opening line. Yes. Yes. I haven't been keeping track of opening lines, but I'm going to add a column. <laughs> because we're going to have to do a worst opening lines in a wrap up at some point. Because this is amazing. Yes. So Athena then takes the tablet out of Olympia's hands and makes like a groaning noise and then goes, oh yeah, he's definitely worth a kidney. Yeah, so we find out that he's dancing in this music video with a blonde woman named Harleston Harper. Other way around, Harper, Harper Harleston. Harleston. <laughs> Harper Harleston. I thought that was a little bit weird that way, but I typed it so I believed it. Yes. <laughs> And so we find out now, finally, the MacGuffin of this movie. Everybody who is a VIP guest at this resort can try out for this show that's going to happen. This show is Cinderella. All the VIPs who audition are guaranteed a role as backup members. Somebody might be the Cinderella. If you do get the Cinderella, not only do you star in the show with Reed West, but his agent might cast you give you a contract record label something mcguffin we're gonna see this in a scene later but like this is what's happening in the movie yeah just to clear everything up for you because we didn't get this information until later in the movie yeah and if we hadn't read the the summary of the movie going in like we would have been lost completely lost Um, a key element of this is that harper halston is the heiress whose family owns this resort Yeah, that will become relevant to the last 13 minutes of this movie. Yes. So the resort is sponsoring this event. And I just, I have so many questions about how this happened. Mm -hmm. And what it would cost to have like a rising star that people know about come to your resort for a week and do like a Cinderella play that turns out, by the way, you guys, to be a ballet. Well, does it? Kind does, of. Kind of. We, we will talk about this show at length, guys, because the show itself is a literal dumpster fire. And we will be talking about it. But it's also about 17 different dumpster fires. Like it, it chose carefully from select dumpsters around the city of wherever this is. You've completely lost me with that analogy. I'm so sorry. (laughs) My mind is just so scrambled by what we saw. Okay, so someone exposits that there's going to be a tryout for a Cinderella. Tessa goes, that's kind of ironic, which we both genuinely laughed out loud at. That was funny. So Divine takes Tessa to her room, which she's rented through the laundry bowels of the hotel, and it is literally a closet under the stairs, to which Tessa goes, so I'm Harry Potter now? And the maid housekeeper person, I guess, tells them, be careful of the gate. It locks from the outside. 
Do you think this might be important later? I think there's a reason. Do you think this will play a key role? I think this might come in later, but I'm not sure. And also, don't tell anybody you're here. So again, questions. The maid that escorted them looks really, really uncomfortable. And she goes, oh, I'm going to get into so much trouble for this. We never see her again. We never see her again. Tessa reassures her that this isn't something she'd want to Instagram. So not to worry. Talon and I had an argument about whether or not the room was kind of cute, which wound up hinging on whether or not it had a door, which we do not find out until much later. It does have a door. The room is the size of her bed plus an extra foot. So she can walk like around the bed to get in the bed. And it's also painted cinder block. I'm just saying, I like little tucky spaces. My office is literally under the stairs. It's in what we call in our home, the Harry Potter closet. It's my office. Okay, that sounds like a you problem. It's not a problem. I love it. I chose it. I wanted it. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, okay, so we cut to the VIP brunch the next morning. And we get a food joke comedy scene. Olympia is uh, dipping something very enthusiastically in a chocolate fondue pot. We can't quite see what it is. A child starts to lick the frosting off of a cake near Bianca, who sees this and starts immediately imitating her. So Bianca is just scraping frosting off of a cake with her fingers and eating it. Divine is still looking like she's barely awake. Oh, barely awake, hungover, just. mm. And Divine is shouting at Olympia quietly to stop it, cut it out, that's gross. And it turns out that what Olympia is eating is shrimp. Dipped in chocolate fondue, which I would have missed had Talon not shouted it at me through the computer. So I would have <laughs> so missed that. The new that. system is working great. <laughs> it's fantastic. No details lost. The emotional journey I went on with this was I, I was so mad at Divine. I was like, why are you shaming your child? Let her eat chocolate, chocolate. things. This is so unfair. God, leave her alone. And then I saw her put it on her plate and I was immediately like, divine is right. That's disgusting. You shouldn't be doing that. Don't do that. They have bread and cookies and other things. You're supposed to eat the fondue. That's why they have a fondue pot. It's for you to eat it. It's not just decorative, but please, please, please do not put the shrimp in it. Oh my God. So we have a, a mom, a rich mom caddy scene where they drop napkins and their various assistants come and pick them up and I think it's like a rich woman I don't know power play contest I don't know yes a hundred percent Janet drops a napkin and a young man that was standing at the side of the the room immediately rushes over picks it up off the floor and hands it to her and then Athena immediately drops her napkin and Divine and Athena look at Tessa who's just standing there yeah and eventually they have to like actually say Tessa come over here and she does this elaborate bow and picks up the napkin and hands it to them which I really like it was very malicious compliance it is and she also shared sort of a a glance with the other assistant the other assistant yeah who was also pretty cute yes he was also not as attractive as our mechanic who we unfortunately never see again but pretty stinking cute we then get this (gasps) line that ends up being so much more relevant to the plot than i expected 
Divine goes, she's a little slow, but she smells good. So we keep her around. Yep. That winds up also, I had not, I didn't put a pin in that line because it didn't sound, it sounded too weird to be important. This gate locks from the outside seems like that's going to be relevant later. So then in walks this young man who's wearing black jeans mm-hmm. and a black leather jacket and sunglasses. And he's got like hair in a kind of styled up sort of, of front spikes kind of thing. Yeah, it's sort of front swoop spikes, not quite a ducktail. It, it's cool guy hair. He's got cool guy hair. And he takes off his sunglasses and Tessa's watching him the entire time. Like she's into him definitely. And I'm like, okay, let's see our prince. And he takes off his sunglasses. He has the tiniest, like most pinched looking face on his big head with his big hair. His hair face is so (laughs) small. His face is so small. He looks like someone badly Photoshopped him onto a bigger face. Like, like those things we do where you get a kid and you try to, project what they're going to look like when they're older and you wind up with a kid face on an adult body yeah so I don't know maybe it's because I'm old now and I can't like find the young teenagery guys cute anymore maybe that's it but I feel like that's not it and I feel like he's not cute I feel the same because I thought that the assistant boy was cute I think that the boys that she's about to meet in a second to help with the motorcycle are both cute I think that all the guys that she dances with in the incredibly long, weird musical stomp-esque scene we're about to get are very cute. But this guy looks like Ty Parker, just like three months in the future. And I hated it. Yeah. He just looks like a baby with the tiniest face. I called him Tiny Face Man in my notes. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Oh. So this is pop sensation Reed West. And we're introduced to him by this awkward man in a suit. And this is Freddie, the director, and also his agent. So for some reason, Reed's agent is going to direct the play that they're having at the resort only for the VIPs so that the VIPs can be in it. This is a musical that you go to in high school where you were in it and you pay to be in it so that your parents can come and watch you be in it this is what this is but for rich people he also does the choreography for the staged production which we see later which doesn't make any sense at all i don't understand why they couldn't have had two characters and one was reed's agent and the other one was the director for the show like i don't understand why that had to be one person well here's why talon it would have been silly to shoehorn in another character that would have been too many we've already got a villain for our stepsister a drunk girl a villain for our stepmother a dead dog that comes everywhere with us and refuses to not be in every scene Uh, another love interest for our prince another love interest for our cinderella it would be silly to add another character you're right i see your point now yeah It's all about balance. It's about balance. It's about knowing when to stop. So they explain the rules is what happens next. Yeah. They explain that the auditions will happen. And during the course of the week that they're staying, they're going to put on this entire show and they're going to perform it on the last day. And it's an exciting, fast-paced adventure. 
And he also kind of hypes up the fact that the Cinderella will get to have like all these romantic scenes with Reed, which is frankly a little gross. A little and gross. Yep. He's like, you saw Harper sing your romantic duet with Reed. Will you be next? Yeah. And, and then, then they dangle the record deal in front of them, which is not guaranteed, by the way. It's just some record execs will be in the audience. And yeah. if you do a good job, then they might sign you. Still, I feel like that's been that's been the carrot for a lot of our Cinderella's is someone important is coming to watch. Yeah, but it was like their dream all along. We don't really find out that this is her dream until later. We don't ever find out what her dream is. She That's never says. True. Her dream could be to own a mechanic shop. That's true. Because she clearly really likes working on cars and motors. And she's clearly super into motorcycles. I mean, she's good at singing and dancing. She's good at being auto-tuned and dancing. And <laughs> the auto-tune in this hurt oh, so much. But like, we never find out what her dream is. So for all we know, her dream could be to go back to her mechanic shop and actually run it the way that she wants to and marry hot mechanic guy okay that's my dream never mind yeah (laughs) i'm projecting i'm sorry so moving on back to wherever we go so divine snaps a whole bunch of times in tessa's face and tess snaps out of being smitten with reed i guess he has also he has also been making eye contact with her for some reason he has picked her out in this room full of people to sort of make eye contact with and have interest in I have no idea why. It's very like their eyes meet from across the room. Yeah. Anyways, so we cut to the pool where everybody's enjoying themselves, except for Olympia, I think, who is drowning in a big floaty. It's a flamingo floaty. It's a big flamingo floaty, but she she says that she's drowning and Divine is taking pictures and going, oh, she's so funny when she's drowning. And Tessa goes to rescue her. And then... Tessa puts sunspray on Athena and then Athena goes will you put some on my face and Tessa looks up and there are seagulls and the seagulls poop on Athena on on her face and she starts to smear it around on her face and Tessa's like yeah no you're doing great you just you missed a spot just yeah wouldn't wouldn't want you to get sunburned and just leaves (laughs) it was great I feel good about those sorts of pranks. I'm not a huge fan of poop jokes, but the sort of prank where I didn't do this to you, you did this to yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like those. Um, yes. The I'm going to put, I don't know, worms in your smoothie. Well, that's not a prank so much as it is like a poisoning attempt. <laughs> you can't kill me. I'll <laughs> live forever. So... Tessa is just doing chores. We get a chore montage of her running around doing literally everything. And she is passing by a room and she hears Reed singing. And he's singing sort of a soulful white boy with a guitar song. Yes. But, and so the, the lyrics are like, I'll make a wish, I'll close my eyes, a flying star, fly away something but but what the subtitles say is i'll make a squish and close my eyes and <laughs> i genuinely believe the subtitles and it was like what is the song what's happening <laughs> what and Lil was like 
it's probably a typo and my world was shook it was it was definitely a typo because they do it later but they do the squish typo twice because it's phonetic mm-hmm. and it the way that he sings it and sort of slurs his word is make squish like oh we forgot to mention he's british oh yeah he's faintly british he's a british singer but everybody else is american and i don't understand and they never mention it oh to make it better this was filmed in south africa wow just just to add a note of je ne sais quoi wow okay yep (laughs) so we meet georgie at this point talon do you want to talk about georgie So Georgie is this very beautiful girl with like brown skin and curly hair and she's got like this hippie vibe. She's very pretty. She wears like glitter on her cheeks a lot. It's very cute. Um, She's going to be the stand-in black best friend because Tessa didn't bring her own. Yes. She will also be technically our fairy godmother, although she throws in a strong performance as alternate love interest which we will talk about so the thing about Georgie is from like the first moment that she introduces herself as hi I'm Georgie I do makeup she like looks at Tessa in this very like sweet like loving way Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like she's just delighted by Tessa being there and some of the things that she says and does just make me feel like she's really into Tessa and there's a lot of longing there. And I don't yeah. know what to do with that. I, I do not think that the movie planned that. No, I don't think so. Nope. But it is definitely very present. They have a whole love ballad together later. It was bizarre. So after Georgie introduces herself, Tessa says she's Tessa and she's currently an indentured servant. And Georgie says, but you sing too. I heard you humming. Again something you say to somebody when you want to start a conversation because you have a crush on them because they're super cute and you're like oh I heard you humming like do you like to sing what are you singing it's just it's so immediately like on board on her side Mm -hmm. that it reads as romantic yeah Uh, so Tessa responds no um I mean I love music and dance but maybe in another life and Georgie goes too bad we only get the one Tessa kind of goes okay well it was nice to meet you I have to go and she goes back to like doing servant things and Georgie watches her walk away yep and my notes are just like Georgie looks like she's into her a lot question mark question mark question mark yeah so Tessa walks away to see a motorcycle being walked along by two hot dudes who are just like we don't know how to fix this we're just prop guys what the heck I think their names are Gino and Eddie. I'm impressed that you took down names. I have them down as hot guys. They're just like those two guys that only ever appear together. They're Benvolio and Mercutio. Yes. So Tessa sees what kind of motorcycle this is. The first motorcycle thing she says, I wrote down. So it's a 500cc twin 1950 something. And then I stopped. And every time she said other things, I just wrote down, she says motorcycle things. I also have motorcycle things in my notes. 
she says a lot of technical motorcycle jargon gizmo words that sound very fancy and she has a lot of awe in her voice as she does so so we concluded that this is a very fancy motorcycle yeah it's a special motorcycle but yeah. uh, it doesn't go it is a it is a no vroom vroom at the moment and tessa goes well maybe i can help you and so she goes to look at it and is like okay well give me your pants because they have coveralls and so they both take off their pants which fortunately they're coveralls so they are wearing pants underneath their pants because that's what coveralls are reed shows up and is delighted that his motorcycle is fixed i guess he mistakes her for a dude i sort of missed this part she's kind of standing with his back to him but she has her hair like in a bun that's kind of visible so like dudes wear buns and everything but I just don't know why he assumed anyway uh so he goes oh thanks mate and she's kind of hiding behind the motorcycle for part of it just because she's crouching and picking things up mm -hmm. so when Reed leaves he goes bye guys does this misunderstanding have anything to do with any of the rest of the plot no nope uh it will come back but it will never matter He's on a video call with his obnoxious blonde, we assume at this point, girlfriend, uh, Harper, Halliston, Halston, Harrisford, Hampshire. <laughs> One of those was correct. <laughs> Harper is her first name. And she's being obnoxious and whiny and just rich girl, blonde, annoying things. She calls uh, her Reedsy Boo. Yep. And she wants to finish telling him her story. And she's that's gonna, like her thing. Yeah, and she's going to go have lunch with Kim in Paris. So we cut back to the family's rooms that they are renting. Tessa is helping Athena run lines. There are fart jokes. And this is the third time that Sparkle shows up. I didn't write down the second time because naive, hopeful oh, summer child that I was, I thought that that was just going to be a callback and it wasn't going to happen throughout the rest of the movie but nope happens all the time divine shows up with sparkles and is asking its opinion about lipstick and then drops it down the back of the toilet a well something she drops it in water somehow and starts shrieking that sparkles is drowning and tessa has to rescue it and then Tessa has to do its hair, fluffy, but not pretentious. And we watch Tessa blow drying and combing a dead dog's hair. This is a small white dog. Yeah. It doesn't All get of that any- happens. It, it does, and it doesn't get less horrible. It just continues to be horrible. And I keep hoping that every time it happens, it will be the last time. And I'm, it is eventually the last time because it is the movie a, ends. It does end eventually. It does end eventually. Um, I will say that for it. Yes, this movie ended. I did not try to sell my soul while this movie was going on. So one point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so our next scene, Tessa goes to get lunch in this cafeteria style place. Oh God, yep, she sure does. And she picks up a tray and she's kind of looking around and she sees Georgie hanging out with the two guys that were like the stagehand guys, Gino and Eddie. And then... Georgie's like, oh, Tessa over here. 
And then she kind of shoes the guys to leave so that she and Tessa can just sit at the table alone. Yeah. You know, that thing you do when the person that you're crushing on comes into the lunchroom, you're like, oh, there's room over here. Come sit with me. You know. I mean, it's it's also a totally normal friend thing to do, but to shoo away the other people you're eating with. That seems like more. It takes it a notch. Yeah, it had some crush energy. So as this is happening, (laughs) there's like people who are making noises with the salt and pepper shakers. There's very rhythmic like scratches of tables and chairs and people are starting to make sounds and they're all like very song-like but they're all like natural acapella sounds. Can you say acapella sounds about things that are happening? Why am I describing the music? I don't know but I'm really enjoying it. This is great. If anybody's familiar with stomp, which is music done with just everyday items, so trash cans, brooms, body rhythmics, it's that. It's musical. It's technically very well done. Half of the staff is in blue, half is in yellow. All of the people in this cafeteria are all like the behind the scenes people. Like they work there. They're either the serving staff or like the wait staff, or they do like the trash or the laundry or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they all start just like it's not even like plausible deniability anymore like it turns into like music and i'm left wondering is this happening for real or is this like a musical number within the show because the show is a musical but then tessa reacts by going oh my god they're amazing and i'm like well i guess this is really happening i guess they're just spontaneously dancing and doing things in perfect rhythm mm-hmm. and just have matching choreography. That's fine. That happens. Yep. And Georgie comments that uh, the biggest secret is that the biggest talent makes the beds and hauls trash. They never go anywhere with that, by the way. Nope. I put a big pin in that. I was like, all the VIPs are going to get mad and leave or be incapacitated. And the show's going to be a disaster. But all the or it's going to be really boring and prosaic but then all of the staff are going to come in and save the day no this this never comes back this never matters it also implies that this resort has a lot of performances yeah which i thought was interesting so Mm -hmm. i wonder if they do a cinderella in a week like what's the turnover there that's bananas i don't know so they push tessa into this dance routine which she keeps up with even though she has never met anybody here before or done this before at all because it's a dance routine and one of the boys picks Georgie up and puts her on a stool and then they tell Tessa to dance more and then they're singing and I couldn't tell if Tessa was singing but I don't think she is and then it's just singing is happening in the background but her mouth isn't like moving as she's dancing but it's her voice yeah but it is her voice okay thank god i was like what the so everybody is dancing and reacting to the song that she is singing but her mouth isn't moving and she doesn't have a recording of this it's not like there's a a secret recording that someone has made and is now playing that's not what's happening it's the weirdest mix of literal and metaphorical like mm -hmm. i don't know anymore what's happening for real in the movie and what's just like a device to impart information no idea this scene goes on for a really long time the dance choreography progresses out of the dining hall 
down a shiny silver twirling staircase out onto the beach they start doing even more bizarre dancing they're doing like fast penguin hands like their hands are down by their sides but they're hard flexed and they're sort of moving like a penguin but fast and dancey it was strange and then Georgie and Tessa are doing a lot of dance moves together where they're holding hands and spinning and they're the ones that are both being picked up by the crowd of people and danced about and it's very much the we're in love now romantic we're having fun we're newly in love music number the song is like what's your excuse come on do you everybody come on keep on dancing yep. and like there's like this moment where the music swells and Georgie and Tessa are just clasping hands and looking at each other. And mm -hmm. I genuinely was like, is, is Georgie about to propose? <laughs> yes. The song ends and they are holding hands with their arms around each other. And then a man in a business suit shows up and shoes them all off of the beach. And we're done with that scene. It will never matter. We'll never talk about it again, but it happened to us. So now it's happened to you too. Congratulations. So then we're behind the scenes, like backstage in Georgie's dressing, like makeup area. And she asks Tessa why Tessa's not auditioning for the musical. And Tessa replies that it's because of her stepmom and there's just no way she could do it. Which is when Georgie comes up with the plan that Tessa should audition in disguise and that she's gonna make over, like do a makeover and it will be so good that no one will recognize her. And Tessa is skeptical about this, but Georgie <laughs> doesn't really let her say no and kind of like cups her face in her hands. Like goes, they're going, <laughs> like she's gonna kiss her, just cups her face in both hands and leans close like she's going for a kiss. I genuinely thought they were gonna kiss. I was so excited for a minute. And then she goes pout for me. And every time Tess tries to say, no, I don't think we should do this. She's like, shush, shush, shush. And then I wrote, this is flirting. And then we get like a makeover montage. Oh, where... no, did I miss something? No, we do. But it's, I mean, it's a makeover montage, but it's filmed like a horror movie. It was scary. <laughs> I didn't like it. I was not having a good time in this well, Montage. what happens is we get a very, very close-up shot of a finger, uh, Georgie's finger to be exact, putting in a blue-green contact on top of uh, Tessa's eyes. Which are very brown. Which are brown. It was a very close-up shot. It, it, she puts it, they linger on it for a long time. I'm reasonably susceptible to body horror and also eyeballs, so I didn't like this yes <laughs> that's yeah. the correct reaction to it yeah um so we see that she gets like very pink lips and a blonde wig and and a mole she gets a mole and she gets a mole dotted onto her cheekbone and she comes out and she's wearing like very tight pants and a sequin top that's also the british flag and like a jacket over it and she's got very high heels she looks like hillary duff to me, she looks like Hannah Montana. It's a very blonde wig. It's very long. It's very straight. It has bangs. Yes. That are very straight bangs. Yes. Um, and she does look beautiful. But oh, she yeah. looked beautiful before, so it's not like much of a transformation. Like before, I... she had like, she was still wearing mascara and very like light makeup and stuff on her face. She doesn't look plain. She looks beautiful, like 
and made up. And her hair is like in a ponytail, but it's not a messy ponytail. It's a very like sleek ponytail. I think if they had had her have hair like Bianca's hair, I think this would have been a much more, if her hair had just been just a bedraggled bun, just -hmm. extreme messy bun, I think it would have been a lot clearer. It would have been a much better visual distinction between Tessa and her alternate persona. Which doesn't get a name until like, multiple scenes later oh wow it's a whole thing so she walks past the two stagehands and they're like oh hello georgie who's your friend if you need anything just let us know i can sweep sweep your room can i i can i can sweep and they walk away yeah and uh she goes guys it's i'm i'm and georgie cuts in and goes she's a guest and they didn't recognize her, obviously. And she goes, they didn't recognize me and I wore his, his coveralls. Yeah. Which was kind of a cute moment for me. I liked it. And Georgie's like, I'm not going to ask about that. You have to audition. And at that point, uh, Tessa says that, Tessa says it? Tessa goes, yeah, I can't. Uh, they'll recognize my voice. And Bianca goes, well, then disguise it. And Tessa goes, okay. I will. And Georgie goes, okay, go for it. Tessa's like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. Georgie's like, okay, go for it. She goes, okay, I, I'm gonna. And just eventually she does go in. Um, well, eventually so, Georgie goes, Tess, go. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cute. There's also a moment where either Tessa or Georgie compare Georgie's makeup skills to a magic wand. And mm-hmm. I thought that was cute. It was cute. Your, your brushes are like a magic wand or something. Yeah. So we're in the audition room now, waiting for auditions to start. Divine is mocking Olympia and how she introduces herself and just criticizing her and being mean. Uh, Athena is being mean to Lauren. And Divine immediately clocks when Tessa shows up and goes up to her very accusatorily and goes who are you? I didn't see you at brunch. And Tessa, in a panic, goes, the trolley was broken. It's a bloody shame the trolley broke. I want to give her credit. She does a pretty darn good British accent. It's way better than Elle did. So definitely points for good British accent. It's not great. And it's very silly. And the words that she chooses to say with that accent are very silly. Well, I think that's why it works because her accent is fine and what she fails at is the vocabulary, which... She just, she tries too hard. She tries way too hard. She goes into Shakespeare at one point. It's great. I laughed. So Divine is still, is like, I recognize you. Were were you at so-and-so's bar mitzvah? Did we have a Nagila? And then asks if she was at a dog show and then barks at her the way you do to a complete stranger you just walk up to them and start barking into their face yeah yeah no no No. maybe okay so now we get to see the auditions no 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 she goes you even smell familiar and tessa goes uh it's my deodorant it's vanilla and she goes i've got my eyes on you and tessa goes that won't be necessary that's okay (laughs) it's pretty cute which I thought was very cute yep and then uh they're all like standing in line 
And as Divine gets back in line, Tessa almost compulsively goes, cheers, God save the queen in London. <laughs> I forgot about that. It was great. So now we finally get to watch our auditions, which are phenomenal. I specifically requested that every Cinderella should have an auditions montage in a previous episode of um, the Ever After Party. Mm -hmm. And I have brought it into existence with my mind. Mm -hmm. I asked the universe and the universe answered. And now I have an audition montage in my Cinderella. This is a good audition montage too. This was yes. fun. So we see a couple of different auditions and we see Athena and Olympia's act interspose between them and we get like cuts back and forth to it. But what they're doing is a magic act and they start with Athena pulling scarves out of Olympia's mouth and Olympia's face is red the whole time and like her mouth keeps gagging. They're also wearing- It is not a magic trick. They just literally stuffed her mouth full of scarves. Oh yeah, no, that's, which is great. Um, they're, they're wearing very sparkly red sequined outfits. Yes. Yes, just, they are. Just as a visual. So bright red hair, bright red sequined outfits. Just bizarre. We see a girl audition who's wearing like a polka dotted like sweater and skirt combo with like a bow in her hair. And she sings so quietly that they literally don't have her sing at all. Like it's mm -hmm. just the music playing and you yep. see her moving her mouth. And then we see an opera guy who holds the notes so long that Reed gets bored and starts reading the script. There's... We get Bianca's. Yes. She is, in theory, doing a dance routine, but she is, again, sleepy drunk in gray sweats. And so we keep cutting between her and the judge's table. And behind the judge's table, her mother is doing, like, cartwheels and doing the choreography that is clearly intended you know with her quotes quote unquote but bianca's just like half-heartedly just uh, twirl she attempts to do a cartwheel which she does by folding over putting both of her hands on the ground and then just taking a step in that direction and then standing back up which is also how i cartwheel so i <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, that, that is how one cartwheels. You put both hands on the ground and then you take a step and you're like, I did it. Meanwhile, her mom is doing full on backflips in the background. Oh, it's great. There's a girl that comes out with like backpipes and a drum and like cymbals attached to her and they don't let her audition. They're like, no. Yep. Uh, there's like a pop cowgirl that like takes off her skirt and then they pan to the reaction of Reed and Freddie, who are the ones that are kind of like judging these auditions. Yep. So I assume she's doing something very sexy. I, I have accordion cowgirl striptease. Yes. Janet, the rival of the stepsisters, does a lip sync with a dance and she's doing like an interpretive dance kind of thing, but it's also very athletic. And two young men that seem very gay and are wearing blazers are standing in the wings and are just very excited and are cheering her on very enthusiastically. Janet is wearing a very bizarre bright baby blue tutu with deep red leggings and a red baseball cap. So the it's visual is also very strange. And then we go back to, to Athena and Olympia 
and uh, Athena's sawing Olympia in half. And then we get another scene where she starts holding up knives and she's about to throw them at Olympia, who's like attached to a wheel. And Olympia's begging her not to. Yep. And Freddie and Reed are like, no, no, stop. Yep. So that indeed is what happens. So Tessa comes in then, is given a clipboard to sign her name on, takes it, and then just very clearly does a big scribble. (laughs) And Georgia gives her a thumbs up and she comes up onto the stage and she tries to do British, but what she says is, what doth your lads fancy? And the manager's like, you were supposed to come prepared, sweetie. She's like, right, okay. So she walks over to the pianist because there's a pianist now. There's a pianist there. Yes. And whispers to him and it starts to auto-tune. So what happens is that they didn't record her singing live on stage they're playing a song that she obviously recorded in the studio as if she's singing it live on stage, but it's so polished that it just doesn't feel like she's auditioning at all. It just feels like a music number in a musical. Yeah, it would make sense if this was a known song or if the piano guy tried to follow along with chords and then just gave up and then it was just her singing or something, but it's, it's so bizarre. It was a bad choice. It was a bad choice, and the autotune really hurts. This is, we hear the song a bunch of times. My notes go, it's like wishing on a star, find you forever, special, waiting, something, whatever. Yes, it's all about being lonely, and then once a friend, if I got one shot, I hope that I won't miss, wishing upon a star. Yeah, just very insipid. Just all of the things, just smush them together. It's like insipid Mad Libs. So she finishes her song and Reed walks up on the stage with her and goes, well, that was pretty average, which like dick move. Yes. It was also at that point that I gasped because I realized he's British. How is this going to work? Oh, and this was great. So he goes, what's your name? And she goes, Cinderella. And he goes, Cinderella. And she goes, yeah, it's, it's ironic. And he goes, I can't quite place your accent. And she flounders. What she comes up with is, Oh, it's it's a little town, a small hamlet. It's north of London. It's Yorkshire, Puddingshire. And he's like, yeah, Yorkshire, Puddingshire, yeah? And she's like, yeah. He's like, what's that near? She's like, it's near Hog- Hogwartshire. And he's like, wow, Hogwartshire. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was gonna come back as him like being like yeah no obviously I knew right away you have the same face and you're obviously not from Britain yeah no he doesn't pick up that this is Tessa even though he's seen her like before and he will see her after he won he spends a lot of time with Tessa very close to her face and also a lot of time with Tessa in makeup close to her face doing a terrible British accent and saying things like Yorkshire Puddingshire I really thought that there would at least be a line where he's like, yeah, I wondered why you were faking a British accent, but it seemed rude to ask. Yeah, or something. Or like, yeah, I knew it was you the whole time. I I figured you would tell me when you were ready or something. But no. It's one of the least convincing Cinderella in disguise uh, Cinderella's I've seen. Just because of the amount of time he spends with her in both versions. 
Yes. I think that that really makes it hard to believe because in the other ones, he they, they see her in passing or... Ugh. Anyways, so he goes, well, we should dance. So another song starts playing and they start dancing and this is supposed to be them having physical romance. They're, you know, their hands touch and stuff. They do a couple of cute things. They do a dip that actually turns out well in that he actually leads it and is very clearly prepared for it. But then she's like, do you salsa? And he's like, no, not at all. And she's like, get ready. And he's like, for what? And she does a big split and like puts her ankle on his shoulder, which he freaks out about, which I'm like, that's not a, I don't know why you're so freaked out. You don't really need to prepare. This move isn't about you, sir. That move is just, you stand there. I need something to prop my foot on. He's just surprised. He's surprised. But then she goes, catch me. And he goes, what? And she leaps onto him and he catches her in a very cute side kneeling um, lift way, which again, you really have to have worked on those with somebody and you really have to have prepared for that. I have several friends in the dance community that I can do across the room running flying leaps onto and they will catch me because we have practiced this. So they have this dance and I guess they're having like building romance here. One of the lines in this song though is, we'll have as much fun as we can with our pants on. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, okay. This movie is rated PG. By the way, uh, the ages are very fuzzy. Cinderella Tessa seems to me like she's in her 20s. I would say so, Maybe, maybe 19. And one of the plot points is somebody being engaged maybe. So they seem older than high school age. Yes, although you could have fooled me with Reed because he looks like a baby. Reed looks like a 30-year-old playing a 50-year-old, but I think he's just a 20-year-old. I uh, God, I don't even know, man. I don't think we've aged anybody correctly ever. No, um, I don't think so. This is not our forte. Clearly not. But yeah, they are definitely older than high school, which I liked. So then Divine shows up and ruins everything by being like, who is she? And the person standing there with the clipboard that Tessa signed is like, well, it's hard to say. Yep. Basically, Divine makes a big stink about Tessa not being at brunch and that she's an imposter. And Tessa tries to run away. And Devon goes, arrest that girl. She's impersonating a VIP. And Olympia, like, lunges at her. Mm-hmm. And as Tessa's running away, her shoe gets pulled off. Um, it is a converse high top with, like, a flower embroidered on the side. Yep. Athena sticks out a leg to, to trip her, which is why Olympia is able to catch her. So there's this very bizarre physical comedy moment, which means I guess that this has to be our ball. I guess so. I guess the audition was the ball because she's leaving it. And she loses her shoe there. Yes. And she did like kind of meet the prince there, I guess. I mean, this is her first time interacting with him at all, really. I mean, he said like, thanks guys at the bike scene. So I think this has to be the ball. I think so. That's so weird because we do have a ball later on and it's not the ball in terms of the story. We have, we have two balls later on, actually. We have a costume ball that doesn't get introduced until three quarters of the way through the movie. 
Yes. It won't be the ball ball. It will just be a ball. It just happens to be a ball. I know this is confusing. I'm so sorry. It's confusing for us too. We're confused. We just watched it. Oh God. So Reed holds up the shoe and he's like, well, I guess the fairy tale gods have spoken. And then we're back with Georgie who looks sad and helps Tessa take off her wig. And she's like, we'll come up with a fake name and it'll all work out. And Tessa's like, I really appreciate it, but I think it's time for me to get back to my real life. Yeah. She's just, she's just worried about this not working. Which insensibly so. Her stepmother is pretty terrifying. She carries a dead dog around with her. So then everybody is gathered back in the auditorium and we see Bianca passed out in one of the chairs. God bless Bianca. Reed and Freddie, his manager slash the director of the show, walk in and Reed thanks everyone for auditioning. And he basically says that the secondary roles will be posted tomorrow, but he's found his Cinderella and now he just needs to actually find her because he's lost her. She left her shoe at the audition. He calls it a very special shoe. And then he says, if you're the owner of that matching shoe, come forward by midnight and you've got the role. And everyone books it out of the auditorium all at once. It's midnight tomorrow. Yes, midnight tomorrow. Sorry. Which, again... Which might be the ball. Maybe that's the ball because it's midnight, but she's lost her shoe. Like she lose your shoe before the ball and she did get kind of a transformation. So I still think the audition is the ball. I don't know why we have a midnight theme elsewhere. It's really confusing for just for the Cinderella timeline. If this wasn't a Cinderella, it might be okay. But it's just, if you're going to throw around midnight in a Cinderella, it, it needs to be at the ball. Why did they say by midnight? That's such an inconvenient time. Because, because later we see them sitting at a desk, like waiting for her to show up. At, at 11.54 p.m. Because uh, they have to cast it by a certain time because the rich family that's putting this on wants it to happen. And MacGuffin reasons. I don't know. It just seems like bad reasoning to me. Like bad timing, bad everything. Yeah. So Divine is scrolling through pictures of flowers with Olympia because there's a little flower painted on the shoe and Olympia is trying to remember which flower it is. She finally finds it. It's not the right one as we find out, but yeah. she, de- she demands that Tessa paint it on a converse because Olympia saw the shoe and they want to win the shoe Enos. Good ending. Yeah. They want to have the shoe. So the doorbell because rings. he has to pick somebody by midnight and they're hoping that he'll be desperate enough that he'll just take whoever has the shoe which like is a fundamental misunderstanding of how like of what he's looking for. Yes. But whatever. But just at that moment the doorbell rings and it is a letter from Reed himself. All of the step family goes absolutely insane. Divine shreds the envelope trying to open it, then shrieks because it is a letter requesting Tessa. And she is genuinely apoplectic with rage at this point, just turning violent colors. And she hauls Tessa down to the rehearsal where everybody is rehearsing dance moves and basically says, what are you what do you want with Tessa? Why have you asked for her to be here? And he goes, oh, well, I need your help. The show depends on it. 
And Tessa's like, oh no, does he know? And he's like, yeah, I found out that you're the one that fixed my bike and it's broken again. This might've been the best comedy scene in the whole movie for me. He says, it's making sort of like a, like a tick, 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 tick sound. And she goes, is it a fast, like a tick, 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 or a slow, like tick, and they just make tick, tick, tick sounds at each other for five solid minutes. And I was dying. It was so funny because they just kept doubling down on their ridiculous sounds. I was it went on for so long that it like momentarily stopped being funny and then like circled back around to being funny again. Like it, that's it, how long it went on. It did the funny loop twice of this isn't funny. This isn't funny. Oh my God, this is hilarious. Okay, it's gone on way too long. It's not funny anymore. It, it, it made that loop multiple times. It was impressive. So Divine says, well, if I let my darling Tessa do this for you, you have to do something for me. And Rude is like, I don't think I do, but sure, whatever. And Divine says, you have to let my daughters audition again. And Reed goes, sure, why not? Because <laughs> auditioning is uh, not anything. We never see them audition again. At all. We don't. That won't, that won't matter. So Tessa and Reed go back to the bike and Tessa takes it apart and is fiddling with engine things. And she's working on it and they're chatting and this is where we get Tessa's backstory, that her dad used to be a race car driver. And Reed goes, well, what is he doing now? And she goes, no, no, no. what does he say? Is he still racing cars now? Oh, God. Is he still racing cars now? And she goes, I hope he is in heaven. And I was just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> My question is, why is Reed in charge of this? He is, again, I'm sorry, but <laughs> just to reiterate, he's the pop star who has to perform at this resort and star in a Cinderella play because the girl that he was in the last music video with, her parents own this resort. Mm -hmm. Why is he in charge of the props? I don't know. I have no answers for you. What I did not realize, because we don't see this play until the very end, is uh, this play is set in sort of old-timey Cinderella times with, you know, large skirts and princes with button-down princey outfits. It's not modern. There's still a motorcycle in it. The way that they were describing it, because they were like, oh, she won't have a pumpkin to drive off in. Yeah. Um, I thought that they were going to build a pumpkin carriage around this motorcycle. Around the motorcycle, the way you do when you need to move something and you're just making things work for a stage play that yeah. you only have one week to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, it's just literally a motorcycle that will later on be wheeled out on stage at the end and then okay. they will roll 13 feet down the ramp. <laughs> and that's it. The motorcycle is so important to the story. And it doesn't matter, matter at all. Oh, God. It doesn't. So we then get a part where we establish that she is really good at fixing stuff. And she asks him for the 916 wrench. And he's like, I have no idea what that is. And she's like, it's, it's the wrench over there. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, it's the shiny silver one. And he hands it to her. And here's the thing, guys. I'm not huge into, like, my wrenches. But they have the numbers written on them. The 916 wrench has 916ths written on it. The boy like, didn't even try. He didn't even try. I've tried. My husband's like, hey, babe, go get me the whatever it is. And I'm like, 
There's a bunch of these in this bucket. Um, let's see if any of them say nine sixteenths on them. This one does. I bet it's this one. Just basic deduction is what I'm saying. Yeah. He's useless. It's meant to be charming, but it also comes across as kind of spoiled because he doesn't seem like he's just not trying at all. No, he's not trying at all. He wants to spend a lot of time with her doing this, which I did like. Yeah. But he's not helping in any capacity, which we aggressively find out later. So Reed's girlfriend calls at this moment, Harper. We assume she's his girlfriend. That's never been stated to us, and it later turns out spoiler spoilers to not be his girlfriend but she is presented as his girlfriend she acts as his girlfriend everyone talks about her like his girlfriend she calls him benny boo what was it reedsy poo reedsy poo like that's Which is really hard to say by the way it is hard to say so i think it is not unreasonable that we believe that she was his girlfriend yes no that's true yeah so anyways she calls she's annoying to him She's, uh, she's saying that the show is sold out and daddy's thrilled, which again, who's coming to watch this? I don't have any idea. So Reed then, you know, sort of whatever gets off the phone call and he confides to Tessa that if this mystery girl doesn't come forward, then he has to pick somebody else. And he's like, I like spending time with you. And she doesn't really say anything. And then he goes, I'd like to meet you tomorrow. Maybe you'd let me hold your spanner. Which is and, what she said before she said it's the ranch. Yeah. And it's just this weird, hey, I'd like to see you tomorrow so you can work on my, tr- on my bike some more. Yeah. Like, it's not even his motorcycle, though. Like, he never even attempts it's, to ride it. No, it's very weird. So... We cut to later, Tessa is gushing to Georgie, who looks a little bit heartbroken. Like, happy for her, but also a little bit just like, oh. I think at this point we're reading into it, but I'm, like, committed. I am also committed. Um, I think that Georgie is a much better relationship match for Tessa yes. than, than Reed. I am fully on Team Georgie here. It's also so cute that they, like, conspire together to get her in the show. Because she's really good, but they need to disguise her. Yeah. And, like, I think that's so romantic. And they, like, hang out together. And they hang out, like, late at night by the pool talking. And they're in each other's rooms having, like, hot chocolate and sharing secrets. And I'm like, okay, those are, those are indeed all best friend things. But those are also things that you do with a new boyfriend or girlfriend. Those are, those are romantic things. We've seen a lot of late night pool conversations between the romantic couple. Yes. So this, this has, as a viewer... I am conditioned to read romance into this. So I don't know why you did this to me if you didn't want this to have romance. Yeah, they like misfired on some signals that they wanted us to interpret a different way. Yeah. (sighs) Anyways, so Georgie then goes, I wish, and then comes closer and sits very close to Tessa, just very close. And she's like, I wish you would follow your dreams. We We get a couple of scenes that are, Someone starts talking in the first scene and then their voice continues into a different scene that they're not in later. Yes, it's like they become a voiceover. We get like a weird transition. So this happens now. Yeah. Um, And so Georgie's saying, I wish that you would 
follow your dreams and live for yourself and blah 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 it's that yeah like your dad made his dreams come true wouldn't he want you to do the same Mm -hmm. I just hate to see perfectly good dreams go to waste and but we get most of this as a voiceover while Tessa's laying in her like little cell bed and she's looking at a photo of her father and she that she brought with her on vacation and she says okay dad I'll be brave it's 11 43 p.m bt dubs yes and she knocks on Georgie's door and she brought the shoe and um, they squeeze and Georgie like squeals yeah and is like okay come on and at 11 54 we see like a clock we see a shot of Bianca snoring and the stepmother and the stepsisters are all yawning and they're all sitting in the auditorium with like there's a desk at the top of the stage I guess I guess they put a desk there and it's Freddie and Reed sitting behind it just waiting for her to show up and Freddie's annoyed he's like you have to choose somebody she's not coming and Reed's like no I wait wait till midnight give me a couple more minutes they've got a bunch of like the audition papers in front of them with like snapshots of people so like he's not even looking at them nope um Janet is tap dancing yes and divine snaps at her to stop also i'm pretty sure i will be i will be proved very wrong about this later but i'm pretty sure it takes more than 11 minutes to put on that much makeup and do a complete makeover i think it takes more than 11 minutes i will find out later in this movie that this movie thinks that it takes 17 seconds yes anyways tessa comes in and she goes am i too late and no she's not she's not too late she says it in a bad british accent just a reminder yep. well a decent british accent i guess it's, it's an okay british accent so she walks up and she gives him the shoe uh which has cherry blossoms on it because they were me mom's favorite flowers and which is like really taken out of like the sentimental moment of it by her going me mom <laughs> yeah just that that could have been a cute moment but instead it was it was just funny so he asks if she'll be his Cinderella and she goes yes and Divine starts shrieking ask her what her name is Divine then starts coughing on her like him because Tessa panics again and goes my name yes everyone has a name and the name that my mother gave me is and Jen Georgie saves her and goes Bella it's so good to see you she literally runs into the theater it's great um, to do this because i think she just sensed that she was in trouble yeah oh no they were coming up with a cover identity for her this was one of the things they were worried about well okay so i do have a couple of questions about this so they try to say her full name and <laughs> what was the other one so georgie keeps trying to say that her name is bella snow but at the same time, Tessa announces that her name is Bella Buckingham. And so they have to collaborate. And she's like, Bella Buckingham Snow. But you can just call me Bella Snow. Short. And somebody is looking on a clipboard and goes, yep, Bella Snow. She's, she's on here. So was there a Bella Snow that just didn't show up at the last minute because she got pneumonia? Or did Georgie fake uh, records? I want to believe that Georgie fake records. Like, I want to believe she hacked the, like, resorts. Clipboards? Clipboards. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think she just forgot to tell Tessa that her name was Bella Snow. 
that, that's, that's why she ran in. That seems likely. Okay. There are antics then. They're just random comedy antics. Divine is shrieking. Georgie says, I was just at your mom's castle. It's to sell that she's British, I guess. I guess. Oh, there's just so many. Every time this movie tries to like sew up a plot hole, it just leaves 17 bigger plot holes behind it. Which I enjoyed. It's a little bit fun. It becomes comedic for the viewer at some point. So we go back to the room of the stepsisters. It's the next day. And the stepmother is telling her, again, dead dog, no carbs for you. You're getting too fat. To the dog who's yes. dead. I, I think they wanted this to be funny and they thought that this was a good running joke. Yeah, I, I disagree. I also disagree. This might be the running joke that I have hated the most. I, I can't think of a running joke that I've hated more. I think I hated the one stepsister farting in the first Cinderella story. I think I hated that slightly more. No, no, because that wasn't a dead dog that got carried everywhere with them. It was, it was a bad running joke. I'm with you, but. Okay. Yeah. So everyone's trying to Google, Google Bella Snow to find out who she is. And they find a dentist and they find an old British lady who died a hundred years ago. And then they decide that she doesn't exist because they've, their first two Google results were not the answer. Which, to be fair, she doesn't exist. But seriously, two Googles is not enough. There's no social media profiles that come up or whatever. So I can sort of see why they're like, uh, I guess not. Uh, whatever. So they don't find anything. There's a lot of then shushing. We have a shushing montage of the stepsister shushing each other and Divine shushing the both of them and then them shushing her. There's just a lot of shushing. The reason for it is that Divine tells Tessa to shadow herself, basically. Yeah, go follow uh, to Bella. To follow around Bella. And the stepsisters want to do it too. And she's telling them, shh. And then they, shh. And there's it's, a lot of, shh. Yeah, it's, it's great. Highbrow comedy right there. I have to tell you something incredible. Okay. I just noticed that the description of the moods for this movie on Amazon are cheerful, heartwarming, and cerebral. Cerebral? Yes, just on the topic of highbrow. I mean, we are putting an awful lot of thought into this and we are two very educated individuals, so. I would describe myself as overeducated. <laughs> oh, all right. Anyways, so we cut back to uh, rehearsals. And Reed is talking to Tessa as Bella and saying, you know, imagine what it would feel like to be a Cinderella, to be always at the beck and call of just somebody. And she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. And then she sings again. Yeah. And it's a uh, very, very incredibly breathy auto tune. I've got it in my notes, angrily, phonetically spelled out. One of the lines is like, I don't care what people think of me, which we both agree that's not really Cinderella's problem. Her problem no. is not really that people have a poor opinion of her. Well, it was her problem in The Rough-Faced Girl last week. Well, was that last week? What wasn't it? I don't know anymore. There's too many. 
<laughs> I think it was. No, I just deleted it from my mind because I really like Three Wishes for Cinderella and I didn't like the rough face girl. So I just pretended that didn't happen. Anyways, so it's this horrible breathy bird song. I've got like a bird, I'm free to fly. It was terrible. It's all about like, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. I'm going to break free spread my wings and find my life and the camera keeps moving around her in circles oh, yeah and it's like so many times and it'll zoom in and go in a circle around her so it looks like she's slowly rotating her head yeah and then it'll zoom out and it'll do it again yep but the song ends with uh, i'm free to fly so why don't i and i'm like this is just over the rainbow this is just really stupid version of over the rainbow <sighs> so Reed and Freddie agree that they've definitely found their girl. Um, and then Bella now is off to get measured for a costume where she's told that she's got to waste like a little hummingbird by the person in charge of the clothes, the designer guy. You I guess. see him one time later. Yeah. I'm calling him designer guy. That's fine. Georgie's being cute with her, like puts a little crown, little tiara on her hair. It's pretty adorable. She also holds her hand to help her step down from the pedestal. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, just another another point for us. They do this really cute thing where Georgie goes Bella and Tessa goes Georgie and they just say their names at each other. <laughs> um, and then Georgie goes, look at you all, princessy. And Bella says, for the first time, I feel like I can do this for real. And as this like really sweet moment is happening, we see behind them in the entryway to the room that the stepsisters keep walking back and forth. And they're supposed to be like sneaky and obser observing her. But Olympia stops in the doorway and just says hello. I love her. She's great. <laughs> She's fabulous. At which point Tessa figures out what's happening. And is like, <laughs> oh, they're following me. And Georgie tells her to go out the back. Uh, but they follow her moments later. And then we get like a chase scene where she's running down the hallway and then she stops and we don't know why she stops. And then she keeps running in a direction. And then the stepsisters follow her and they stop in the same place. And it turns out that they just frame the shot so that we couldn't see that it's a hallway that like branches off in two directions. And yeah. they just stopped it right before that happened. So we had no idea what was happening, why people kept stopping in that spot in the hallway. Yeah. So they're running and the stepsisters split up and Olympia ends up being the one that's following Tessa. So they make it outside, however, somehow. And they're running through the beach and Olympia sees like some blonde hair poking out through it from a towel and she pulls the towel open, but it's just a man with shaggy hair. And he's like, who are you? And she runs past Tessa who's hiding her face behind a magazine. She's still in her Bella getup and mm -hmm. she's laying back on one of the recliners on the beach. Mm -hmm. But Olympia doubles back and sees her and like makes her and sits down next to her. And then Tessa is incredible. <laughs> she just like power plays it. And she goes, oh, Olympia, would you be so kind as to pass me the suntan lotion? And she just gets Olympia to put suntan lotion on her. And then she's like, 
so tell me olympia was it hard to get all those scarves to fit in your mouth and olympia okay. said yes i had to train my cheeks for weeks and then she offers to show her how many grapes she can stuff into her mouth to which tessa goes oh yeah thank you and olympia does she stuffs her mouth with grapes and then tessa says oh you know what would be so lovely if we had some lemonade and some snacks and olympia's like oh yeah that would be great i'll go get it for you and tessa's like yeah you go get it and i'll stay right here and it won't go anywhere and then of course the second olympia leaves tessa also leaves in the opposite direction and we cut to the next scene where Olympia is explaining to her mother and Athena what happened. And she's like, she's so nice and smart, but she disappeared before I could give her her snacks. It was beautiful. Oh, it was such a great moment. It was excellent. I love Olympia so much. Yep. Uh, so this is where we find out that there's going to be a costume ball and that both of the stepsisters are going as Cinderella. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of that scene. In the next scene, we get Freddy going abracadabra and to a very unimpressed Bianca who's standing there in like a mock-up of her costume. So she's got her, oh, we find out that Bianca was cast as the fairy godmother and the two stepsisters were cast as the stepsisters and they're mm -hmm. outraged yep. because how could they have been cast to play such ugly, selfish girls and self-involved and all the negative so traits that perfectly so correspond to them it's so funny so freddie's demonstrating the magic wand to bianca who still looks like incredibly hungover in different sweats this time every time she appears she's wearing some version of gray sweats mm -hmm. with her hair like haphazardly in a bun and just she's barely standing oh just my wings are so heavy and just lies down on the floor yes and he shows her that you flick the wand a special way and you tell the person to twirl and then you flick it and then sparks come out and then that's like the costume transformation because there's like smoke that happens or something yes um. so freddie and reed then have this interaction where they're like i can't believe that the two stepsisters are in the show and that bianca got cast in the show and Freddie reminds Reed and tells the audience that they're VIPs and their VIP package guarantees them supporting roles. Yep. This is the point at which Bianca collapses. And Freddie's like, it's okay, I can handle it. I can make a show work out of anything. I can make an actor out of anyone. Which I'm like doubtful. And as we find out, he cannot. He has lied. He has misrepresented his skill set. Who do you think decided that he should be the director? Like, did he want to be a director? Is he an agent that has dreams of being a director? I think Harper decided. I think Harper is secretly like a mastermind and is just deciding what everyone does. Wow. Okay. I mean, there's no other explanation. So we find out now that the motorcycle needed some special parts before it could be fixed properly but those parts have arrived ahead of schedule so now tessa has to be in her bella outfit in rehearsal but also tessa fixing the bike otherwise reed will think that she's flaky because and, reed is the one who's yeah. bringing her these parts because somehow he's in charge of this and they've yeah. arrived for him even though he's in the scene that is being rehearsed right now which Freddie has to take over his part. Yeah, he decides to take off to go meet Tessa. 
he's like, Freddie, can you run the show without me? And just puts the crown on Freddie and walks out. Exactly yeah. like a pop star who's forced to do a Cinderella play in one week <laughs> that do. guarantees VIPs <laughs> roles in the play. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yep. So we get a long antic scene. It is everything you would expect. Tessa shows up late because she had to get her hair on and then her mole has switched cheeks and she explains that it's the thing that happens to the snow women we don't like to talk about it Bianca sets something on fire Bella runs off to become Tessa again and have conversations with with Reed yeah who like it's like oh you're you seem out of breath and she's like oh no it just it takes time to get to be this hot and he like combs her hair away from her face with his fingers and it's gross she gets into the makeup station again but georgie's not there and so she has to do it herself it's, it goes on forever it does not add anything to the story the key things that we get out of this is like a hearts at heart with reed and tessa where he like talks about his quote pop star problems where he's like mm-hmm. I don't want to like put my pop star problems on anyone and then he does and he's like well Tessa guesses that he doesn't get to do what he wants like he's not able to follow his heart because mm-hmm. she heard the songs that she wrote for the musical and they're really beautiful and they're the real him and yeah. he's like well Freddie thinks I should stick to my brand until I hit it big and then I can do whatever I want and importantly, he's been right about everything else. Yes. Which is an interesting thing for him to say, given that we watch Freddie be wrong about literally everything. Yes. So. And Tessa does in fact say Freddie could be wrong. Yeah. And, and he's like, no, no, no. Freddie's always right. So eventually this uh, absurdity escalates when she has to be in three places at once because she has to also now be helping her stepsister's dress. She gets caught as she's about to change in Bella's dressing room by Divine. And Divine is like, oh, you're being creepy. I knew that you had those dreams about singing and dancing, but it's like so weird that you're stalking Bella um, and instead tells her to get the dresses. Oh, oh, I, I almost forgot this note. At one point when Tessa has to leave the bike fixing station to go back to the stage as Bella, she hands <laughs> oh lord help me she hands Reed a wrench and she goes it's a socket wrench and she goes just tighten these rest of these bolts down and put on the timing belt and runs away and he takes the socket wrench which if anyone doesn't know the way a socket wrench works is that they have different sizes of heads that are changeable and they sort of ratchet and you fit it on over the bolt and then you take the handle and you go forward and back and forward and back and it tightens and it's a way to get things very tight or very it's loose a cuppy thing you clearly put the thing on top of the other thing Th- this is yes this is very basic this is there's only one shape that fits inside of this thing that's obviously supposed to have a thing put inside of it reed bless his tiny faced little heart starts <laughs> tapping them like it's a hammer just tap 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 very gently not like a hammer at no, all not hitting it just tapping as though who even knows and i i was i had a lot of feelings about that he's also holding it like it's like a dirty sock yeah or a pencil just he's holding it very delicately (laughs) and just tapping the bike with it it was great moving away from all of this nonsense 
she has um tessa has successfully dressed her sisters her stepsisters in these blue prom dresses and divine and sparkles the dead dog show up again and she gives tessa a costume and tessa's like oh man for me really and divine's like absolutely everyone should have a costume and talon and i are both like "Mm, nope nice too cheerful this is bad no don't know what this is but this is bad but tessa has hope somehow she does she seems hopeful for some reason she doesn't open it on on screen uh but we can tell that it's not going to be good so we are now at the costume ball watching everyone arrive and have their photo taken as though it was a red carpet event and the stepsisters are wearing the blue cinderella prom dresses and divine is wearing a black leotard catsuit with a red leather corset um bustle red leather cutout cone boob dominatrix dress she's meant to be madonna oh that makes she's so much got her more hair sense. pulled back in the same way oh thank god that makes so i much think she's more got sense. a blonde wig on or something I, I just got like half of my sanity back colin thank you so much i was yeah. dying i mean it was like an interpretation but i'm no that's sure. that's fine that's fine i don't even care i feel so much better about myself okay great most of the girls there are dressed as cinderella one is dressed as a clown and we see tessa now tessa to my absolute delight is dressed as a penguin yep which makes this officially a theme because we've had penguins now in three cinderellas weird that's so weird so now i get to add penguins to my list and i could not be more excited about it i mean do what makes you happy my notes then go oh good he sings well i want to describe the penguin costume really quick because it's not like a onesie it's a very tight like leotard that looks kind of like a suit and then she's got a little hat that goes around her face like a little hood that has like a penguin head that looks like it's a different material yes so i don't know who chose this but there were a lot of choices made well, I think they wanted to walk the line between we need to make her look ridiculous, but also she's our star, so she has to look cute. I think a penguin onesie would have accomplished that. I think that would have been adorable. I think so, too. But she then later, we find out, she will leave this party and remove the penguin hood and then just be wearing essentially a bodysuit that is painted like a tuxedo and it just looks fine. So I think they had, that, they had to have her have a removable top hat like face appendage outfit so that she could then be uncostumed later i understand yeah i do i just don't like it (laughs) that's fine so yeah reed shows up and starts singing is what happens next and it's like very like hip-hop music and for a second i thought he was gonna rap and i was horrified but he just sings a song everyone it's okay i mean i wouldn't use the word okay but it's not rap Um, This is his song that has made him famous. It's called Get Loose. It recently sold a bunch of records we find out in the throwaway line earlier. But he sees Tessa dressed as a penguin and stops singing and slow motion walks towards her. The music is still playing in the background and everyone's still dancing as if he hasn't stopped singing and no one's paying attention to them. Maybe he finished the song, but it sure didn't seem like it. Sure doesn't. And he approaches her and asks her if she can sneak away so they can finish the bike 
well, he goes, can you sneak away? And she kind of looks at him like, what? And he's like, so we can finish the bike. And it sounds like he wants to hang out with her, but then he chickened out. Yes, um, that, that is what happened. I thought this was going to be sort of a moment because her hair is completely covered by this penguin thing and he is now only seeing her face. I thought he was going to figure out that she was Bella in this moment. He does not. Nope. 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 This says a waddle out somehow. And then Olympia rolls in with a big hunk of hair in her hand and goes, my hair broke. You have to help me put it back together. I love her. I love her. I want to protect her. <laughs> me too. My, my dumb daughter. This is my poor baby. This is my poor, poor baby. So Chessa sort of grimaces and goes, you know, give me five minutes. And then we cut out to them working on the bike. And Reed is fussing about his mystery girl because she's flaky. And Tessa goes, well, I'm sure she has her reasons. And he's like, I just need someone I can trust. And he starts describing Tessa. He's being very cute. He's like, well, she should be like easy to be with and have a good sense of humor, like funny, likes to laugh. She should be smart. She's smarter than me. She should be really cute. Waddle. <laughs> I was like, what a stupid line, but you managed to sell it. I'm so mad. So they end up very close together and she starts up the bike and it works. It's not making a tick tick sound anymore. And they hug and his cheek is pressed against her cheek and they sort of go into slow motion for a second and he pulls back and they rest their foreheads together and they almost kiss. And then Tessa says, what about Harper? And then Freddie rolls up to interrupt with, hey, the Harper's family, the money is here. They want to see you. And Reed goes, can I have a minute? Freddie goes, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. Take all the time. No, you can't have a minute. Don't keep the money waiting. <laughs> Which I laughed. And so, so Reed takes off. Yeah, Reed leaves. And Tessa takes this opportunity to ask Freddie if Harper will be there. And he's like, yes. Uh, she's actually flying in for a surprise visit. I arranged it myself. And Tessa asks if Harper is his girlfriend. And Freddie says, you know, I know it must be a rush being around a big star. And she's like, I couldn't care less about that. And he's like, well, I'm pretty sure he's going to propose to Harper by the end of the month. And she's heartbroken. She's really sad yes. about this. She's really, really sad about this. So that scene ends. Yeah. And in the next scene um she's talking to Georgie and she says well I'm done with the show and with Reed and with everything and Georgie like the excellent best friend that she is goes you didn't do this to find a boy you did this to follow your dreams presumably presumably and this is again Georgie's voice continues as a voiceover into the next scene as Tessa is lying on her bed holding a picture of her father and asking it what to do and then we cut to Bella in a sort of pinkish red costume singing and dancing ballet and Talon and I are both like is this a dream sequence is this is this an imagine what's what's happening it's the big show it's the big show Surprise! we're at the big show now it's the end of the week and we're just diving into the show. 
No one has said anything. It's just on our screen. We don't even see the audience for like most of this number. Yep. It's a ballet number. It's a ballet number. It's a ballet number. Nowhere have we ever addressed that she dances ballet at all or that this was going to be a ballet. It's extremely weird. Of all the things that you can't fake very quickly, ballet is really high up there on that list. I mean, she's doing a great job. She's clearly, like, she knows what she's doing. The actress can clearly dance ballet. Yes. It's just that we have not been told that this character knows how to dance ballet. Ballet takes years of practice and flexibility. I go to a ballet school and I am in awe of the ballerinas. They terrify me. They're so scary. I don't do ballet. I am not a ballerina. But the point is, it's really hard to do even the basic stuff and the forms and, like, you could do a crash course in hip hop for a week and be able to do like a number at the end of it. You can't do that with ballet. It, that's not, anyways. So the audience is very impressed by her number. And she's backstage with Georgie again. And she's like, it's hard to be Cinderella when I know my Prince Charming is in love with someone else. And Georgie's like, get a grip and focus on what's important. Go and show everyone who you are. Mm-hmm. And the important thing about that scene is that Athena and Olympia were hiding in the clothing pile and they heard this and they have a plan. Athena goes, do you get what's going on? And Olympia goes, no, no. I love her. I love her so much. So we're, we're back at, in the play now. This is a full on ballet. No one's speaking, no one's singing. They're just dancing a ballet around Cinderella, including the stepsisters. We're like aggressively pointing at her and then later holding on to each one of her arms and like tugging her back and forth to demonstrate that they're evil stepsisters. Yeah, it's a ballet where you don't speak and you have to act through dancing, which is a very difficult thing to do. So I don't know why they're doing a a ballet for this. And then we cut to the ball of the play. Yes. In this movie. And uh, her Cinderella ball gown is beautiful. It is... Uh, it's very silvery white it's got a very sparkly bodice it's strapless it looks really great on her she has um, a long neck and like strong shoulders so she looks really good in strapless things and her skirt is just long and flowy but it's not extra floofy it's just very elegant it's got a lace-up corset back and she's wearing a little ribbon choker and she just it's just gorgeous it's really lovely yeah definitely might be the best dress so far so during this scene, they almost kiss, but at the last minute, she pulls away from Reed. Now, I don't oh. know if that's supposed to be like in the play or not, but then she like immediately runs up the stairs in their play and then like looks over her shoulder dramatically. And at this point, I said to Liv, she's a better actress within the story. Like Bella's acting is better than a lot of the Cinderella's we've seen. Yes, I would say fully half. Yes. So she goes back to the dressing room and she sees a note taped to the mirror that says, meet me in the laundry room. It's an emergency sign G. Meet me in your room. Meet me in your room, something. Yeah. And she's like, oh, that sounds super legit. And so she takes off in her full costume and Bella get up down to the laundry room and she goes in. And the gate closes and it's divine and it locks from the outside. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. And 
basically divine cackles and does an evil monologue and says Athena will replace you and then just leaves laughing maniacally reiterates I knew you smelled like cookies yes so we cut back to the dressing room where Georgie is doing Reed's makeup now and Reed is like hey is Tessa okay she hasn't been answering her phone or her text because evidently he's been texting and calling her and Georgie's like yeah you should ask Freddie and And then she very aggressively powders his face oh yeah and so now we are having a shoe montage in the play but it's a hip-hop thing now we're we're doing an aggressive hip-hop musical shoe trying on montage but it's a country twangy dance number yeah but but hip-hop it's insane tessa never one to be cowed by circumstance decides that she will climb through the air vents to escape her laundry prison yes uh and we get a shot of her like getting into the vent in her big floofy dress and she's got combat boots on and i thought that was cute even though i questioned why why so one of the lines in this shoe montage song that we are being forced to listen to is who's got the foot that'll rock the soul but the soul is like the soul of a shoe yeah i don't know it made me happy and it just ends with them aggressively singing if the shoe fits then go put it on and i'm like thank Um, you for thank you for shoehorning that in there i appreciate uh, that shoehorning (laughs) and this number ends with all the girls kind of piling onto reed who's holding up the shoe in the air and all you can see of him in this clump of girls is like his arm up with the shoe in his hand and i thought that was cute it, it is cute that's all the audience can see we keep getting shots of him um aerial shots of him down he looks the, terrified he looks so scared which to be fair he's being buried alive by angry women so it's a choreographed dance number he's fine is he fine i mean i don't know how he is emotionally but physically he's fine. <laughs> so bella is supposed to be uh you know at her mark waiting for her cue to enter the scene and she's not there and freddie is losing it freddie is getting progressively sweatier and his hair is getting more must and he's getting more and more disheveled as the scene plays out and i found it really charming i thought it was funny that freddie's like oh this is not going like i predicted my yeah. week-long show with vip it's not going well. gonna go <laughs> so he asks the dresser guy you know where is she and the dresser guy's like she was just here i was waiting for her oh my god where's her costume and he goes and he runs over to an empty hanger labeled cinderella and it's like i don't know it's gone they catch him like fondling a shoe and singing along oh yeah when they walk in which was a very weird beat so then we cut to the two stepsisters arguing over the dress and olympia's like why can't i be cinderella and divine says because olympia you're just not good enough that was sad that was really upsetting yeah. So Divine decides that Athena's going to play Cinderella now that they have Tessa locked up, they think, and that Olympia's going to play her role. And Athena goes, well, mom, who's going to play my part? And Divine, like, glows with happiness. She's thrilled, and it's going to be her. And I definitely yeah. believe that she knows every single line. She does. And also she decides to not use any of them. Yes, that's true. So we're back on stage and 
we're in the scene where the prince arrives at the house of the step family and the stepmother is supposed to open the door and there's supposed to be two stepsisters but there's only one sister by the way the stepmother within the show is played by janet that's the role janet got yes just because uh they really wanted us to have a hard time talking about this on a podcast so Janet, as the stepmother, <laughs> is standing next to the sofa on which Olympia is sitting, and we keep panning to Janet's face and like zooming in as she's doing her lines, and she's doing like a good, very stage actory job. Like it's melodramatic. I think the yeah. actress, like the actual real actress filming it, is doing a great job of being a bad, like yes. on stage actress. Yes. So we get antics of trying to find the other sister um, of, oh, I know she's in her room and opening the wrong door and seeing somebody in the middle of a changing of costumes. It's just antics. But eventually they open a door and Divine rolls out and winds up just doing essentially a improv stand-up comedy routine. It's pretty good. It's really good. She's very aggressively flirting with Reed, who is deeply confused by what's happening and rightly so olympia flounces off just through the door just off stage mad earlier when she's asked where her sister is she goes i don't know maybe she's dead and there's like a really awkward silence Uh, i loved it the audience gasps and i'm like okay we haven't heard anything we haven't heard any lines in this play so we have no reason to believe that a stepsister being like i don't know maybe she's dead would be out of character so that was I was surprised that the audience reacted so harshly anyways she flounces off and she as we see her backstage she goes I'll show mom I'm good enough and then she attacks Athena for the costume and there is a uh, fight scene that goes on for a long time meanwhile Divine is hamming it up and she's like sidling up to Reed and and says why waste your princely time on ground beef when you can have filet mignon And she's like, I don't bite, maybe a little bit here and there. And she just keeps going on and on. Reed is terrified. She sits down. She she like bunny hops over to him jingling. (laughs) It's incredible. And then when it's time for her to try on the shoe, she sits down. Instead of pulling her skirt up just to like reveal her foot, she pulls her skirt up like all the way over her thighs and is just sitting there with fishnets. And she keeps giggling every time he goes to put the shoe like on her foot. It's great. So we then cut to Tessa in the vents. And in the air vents, there is a rat. And she goes, It's a cute little white rat. It's a cute little white rat. And she just goes, it's at a it's at an intersection of the air vents. And she goes, Hey little guy, I'm gonna need you to tell me which way to go. She calls the mouse sugar. It's a weird moment. So the little rodent takes off sharply in one direction. She goes, great, and crawls after it. Presumably she crawls after it. We don't see her follow the rat or mouse. But I'm wondering, should she not go the other way? I would have gone the other (laughs) way. I've been like, oh, the rat's going that way. Let me go the other direction. We also see her wig get snagged on a piece of something and come out of her hair. And she hears the sounds of laughter. And she's like, oh, no, the play is going on. I'm late, essentially. Yes. So at this point, Reed Reed sees Freddie through the like window of the stage background and he sees him kind of freaking out backstage and he like 
basically announces that he has to go tend to his horse and then like leaves oh yeah to go talk to freddie and he's like freddie tell me what you said to tessa and freddie's like this is not a good time we're in the middle of a play <laughs> you have to be on stage and reed goes this is more important and someone goes guys your mics are on this it's will matter really later great. in a second yes so reed goes back on stage and delivers the prompt delivers the the cue that is cinderella's which is are you sure this is all the young maidens in the house and cinderella is supposed to peer at the upper door upper landing and go am i too late to try on the shoe and so we've seen this several times in rehearsal mm -hmm. the stepmother meaning janet says yes that's everyone and then divine god this is hard divine goes i thought i heard a noise and they are supposed to hear sound but of course there's nobody at the spot and she goes i thought i heard a noise and the door opens and athena wearing olympia olympia wearing just the dregs of a costume goes am i too late to try on this shoe and then is grabbed around the middle and yanked <laughs> back as athena storms out and goes am i too late to try on the slipper and walks down two steps and then olympia does a flying leap through a window and tackles her and goes, am I too late to try on the slipper? <laughs> and there's just a fight scene again. They attack Divine for the shoe. Because Divine earlier in this play insists on having the shoe put on her. And it seems like she thinks that she's going to be Cinderella momentarily. Oh, yeah. She like insists that the prince put the shoe on her. Uh, yeah, so the, the stepsisters attack her, mostly Olympia for the shoe the other guy who is on stage starts the to herald. do break <laughs> the, the herald yes in this play starts to do break dancing he goes hold on everybody get ready for the new cinderella and break dances <laughs> just break dances in front of the chaos behind him yeah reed leaves the stage again and then is talking with freddie and says you know, you had no right to do that. I don't feel that way about Harper. She's just a friend. And I feel like I'm in love for the first time. And he says that with his mic turned on. So everybody hears it, including Tessa. Yes, because at this point, she's close enough to hear everything that's happening. Yes, she's also directly above them in an air vent. Um, yes. But his mic is also on. So everybody heard this as well as her. At this point, Olympia is holding the glass shoe and she drops it and it smashes. Reed walks back out, but his like, Prince outfit is all unbuttoned because he started threatening to just take it off and leave to yeah. Freddie earlier. So he just looks like he's just been like, I don't Mold. know. Yeah, he doesn't look put together anymore. Nope, and, he does not. And then there's this long silence as they all stay stock still on stage and you hear possibly from an air vent, the beginnings of the Nobody Wants to Be Alone song. Yes. And I think, and I thought that Tessa was going to sing the entire thing through the air vent and then fall out of it eventually. But she opens the door that she's supposed to. And she yep. comes out and she's wearing the beautiful ball gown, but it's all like sooty. And her wig is gone. So she's got her black hair and her face is covered with like dust and smudges. And she goes very sincerely, am I too late to try on the slipper? And Reed goes, you're Cinderella. And she's like, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you who I really was. 
I never thought a prince like you would go for a girl like me because they realize that they're still on stage yep. and they have to have this conversation in the language of the play. So Reed goes, my advisor, Frederico, had misinformed you. I am not betrothed. <laughs> it was so great. It was so great. And she um, goes, I know, sound travels quite well in this kingdom. <laughs> and he says, please, would you like to try on the glass slipper? And she says, I'd love to. And then they look over and they see that it's shattered. And they kind of like laugh. Yep. Um, and Reed goes, I don't need a shoe to tell me what I really feel in my heart. And Olympia starts clapping in the background. Yep. And uh, Divine is furious. And she's like, no, stop clapping. You're horrible. Stop it. At this point, Bianca manifests from behind them on the stage and she says her one line, never fear, your fairy godmother is here. And she She's almost missing. manages to put some pep into it, but not quite. Nope. And then she goes, let the world see you as I do. And Tessa steps forward on stage and she picks up her skirt because she's gonna she's supposed to twirl in a second and Bianca says twirl and she points the wand at her and as Tessa's twirling there's a poof and sparks and there's smoke everywhere and then when the smoke clears she's wearing this beautiful gown and her hair is all beautiful and like smooth and brown and like pushed back but like brushed and in a hairstyle yeah. and she's got like a tiara and her face is clean yeah so so magic happens so that was magic so i don't know how to organize this anymore because i was going to put this squarely in a non-magic category up until this instant yes and reed goes your fairy godmother does great work and we pan to georgie in the wings and tessa says she really does and then the and then she sings the comfort zone song again it's a horrible song and then mouse guys roll in with a motorcycle they just walk it into the on stage into this interior shot screen play set reed and tessa kiss and it's it's cute they kiss and the audience goes wild and just gives them a standing ovation applauding insanely like they didn't just watch a dumpster fire they just watched somebody drop a shoe come barrel rolling through a window they watched three different people claim to be cinderella they watched a stand-up comedy routine with terrifying sexual overtones the only way this would get a standing ovation is if this were the parents of five-year-olds yeah i'm hoping that it was actually two shows and in the moment of the poof they split to the second screening of the show at the same moment and that show everything had gone correct and that's why everyone's clapping. Oh, canon. Can that happen? I, I would like that it to happen. It could be just like a questionable editing choice. Yeah, maybe this was just like the, the matinee showing and this is the real showing. But I don't think so. I don't think so, but I want to believe that. So Reed was singing with her as she was singing. They were like holding hands and singing together. And then the singing continues, but they're no longer singing like they're doing other things now but the song is still on in the background oh yeah their voices are still singing and then it switches back to them actually singing their songs the song ends reed stops singing tessa declines to stop singing and continues to hold her note for a really long time in auto-tune 
so Tessa gets on the motorcycle in her long, beautiful dress, and she like rubs it, and Reed comes up and sits behind her, and then the guy that played the Herald comes up and puts a leather jacket on Reed, and then they fist bump, which was bizarre because they had never had any other interactions. Nope. And then Tessa drives the motorcycle partway across the stage and down a ramp, and then she stops it. And yeah. like it's only gone like 10 feet. It's not that far. Yeah. That was what they needed a working motorcycle for. Yep. BT dubs. Yes. Also, okay. again, just to be clear, this play is set in ye oldie times. So the motorcycle is extra weird on top of that. Yeah, it's just there for the aesthetic. They just decided. It's it's just there because they needed a reason for him to hang out with Tessa. Yeah. And they accidentally pigeonholed her into being a mechanic and they didn't have anything else to do. I couldn't think of a single other thing. It was it was a bizarre choice. I don't understand it. That's okay. A guy in a suit comes up to Tessa and gives her a card and goes, call me. And then Georgie comes out to hug her and she's brought Tessa a leather jacket too. And then Freddie comes up and Freddie goes, sorry, buddy, I messed up. And if you don't want me to be your manager anymore, I'll understand. And Reed just forgives him and he's like, no, of course they still want you to be my manager. Which like, why? I, why? Yeah. Anyway, I still want you to be my manager and you might even get the chance to work with a talented new star and the camera pans to Tessa. And then Tessa goes, hey, Charming, let's bounce. And Freddie and Reed hug and the song is still playing in the background. And then they start like slowly rolling on their motorcycle out of the theater and everyone just kind of steps back to give them a path. And mm -hmm. as they're rolling out, Divine's kind of running next to them, trying to be like, oh, you know, I'm so glad you did it. And like, I know that I can't take all the credit, but surely, you know, you can have gotten here without me and all this kind of like BS. And Tessa responds with, you're the best evil stepmother a girl could ever ask for, but it's time for us to part ways. And they roll out into the outside into the beach and Reed goes, so where do you want to go? And Tessa says, everywhere. And then that's the end. Except she's got like a voiceover thing. So Tessa looks dead down the camera and goes, everywhere. And then the voiceover <laughs> says, is her saying like, exciting opportunities happen, whatever, seize your opportunity, make your happily ever after come true. And then we end. Which means that she and this dude that she met a week ago just motorcycled off in the middle of nowhere with no food and no money and no wallet and no anything in a ball gown and an old-timey prince costume with leather jackets yeah like it's not clear that she has a record deal yet like a guy said call me that doesn't mean anything no and the way she says everywhere sounds like the setup of a villain for you know the sequel of a movie uh, I mean, I think I think your judgment is colored a little bit because she was in Descendants. It definitely it is because she definitely sounded like Evie in that last moment. I was like, oh, are you going to be evil? Are you going to go back? No. <laughs> no. It didn't sound evil to me, but it did sound cheesy. Okay. So we are, we are finished now. We've, we've we come to it. the end of both of these Cinderella stories. A Cinderella within a Cinderella. Yeah, this is the Russian nesting doll Cinderella. <laughs> I was going to call it the Turducken Cinderella. <laughs> I liked it. So, all right, highs and lows. What would you say those are for you? My high was Georgie. I liked it every time she was on screen. 
she was very sweet I like that she made like Tessa's dreams come true like I thought she was great I would have watched a movie about her and her just like working her magic behind the scenes at this terrible resort absolutely and just like being incredible I don't know I loved her my low is I think my low was just the structure like I I didn't think it was well structured like too many things kept happening all at once I just don't understand the premise I, I really struggle with the idea that there's a resort and that there's a star who's just hit the top 100 who has to perform not like musically at this resort but in a play so that other rich people can send their kids to be in that play with him like what is this what's happening why is no one talking about it yeah I was very surprised that Harper did not make an appearance at the end of it yeah we only ever saw her on a cell phone I, I'm pretty sure that actress was just like, absolutely not. This is going to be a dumpster fire. I will talk to you for four minutes. You can have four minutes of me talking. I will film it on my camera and send it to you. That's it. Like, we didn't get any of her background. Like, was she into him? Was this all just like a status thing? Like, how does she feel about it? We, we don't know. Does we she think no... they're in a relationship? She's calling him a lot. She calls him Reedsy Boo. God, it's hard to say. It's hard to say Reedsy Boo. Yeah. But like, I just, I feel like he's being pressured by his manager into having like a relationship with her. Yeah. I mean, but because that is what's happening. Like he is that, that's what's being happening. pressured yeah. to be in a relationship for mm-hmm. the sake of his career. And I know that happens to people all the time, but yep. like, it's really gross seeing it like unaddressed on screen as like part of a Cinderella plot yeah it would have been nice if Harper hedged up and just been like like I have a boyfriend like I and I've been dating someone this whole time like you know that or like her parents really wanted them to get together and she yeah just isn't and she interested. doesn't and yeah. she has a boyfriend or something something like that or she's just like I'm gay man I don't have any interest in you yeah like literally any resolution to the Harper thing. As long as this movie was, I would have appreciated one more scene where Harper rolls in and is like, and her parents again are like, oh, oh, we're so excited for you to, you and Reed to get together. And she's like, well, I feel like this is a good time. Mom, dad, this is my girlfriend. (laughs) And, and just have, you know, them be shocked and her and her girlfriend just like hold hands and walk away and, you know, go join the party. And, uh, Tessa and Reed sort of smile at each other and then roll off. I feel like that would have been a quick, easy scene to fix that whole thing. It's just a weird thread. Yeah. So what are your highs and lows? I think my high is definitely the imitating the tick, tick, tick sounds that the broken motorcycle <laughs> made. I had such a good time. I love that. I thought that was great. My low... Oh God, I don't even know. So many things about this movie made me unhappy. I think the persona changing antics scene where she had to switch between being Bella and Tessa like 17 times and it went on forever. Because until then, Milo was, well, the dead dog, obviously. That was horrific. And every time it happened, not only was it horrific, but it completely broke the scene because I stopped caring about anything and just started being furious that someone was carrying around a taxidermy dog. 
but that that scene just it went on for so long and there are other ways you could have them have those scenes separately yeah like, that would have been fine like one quick costume change where she's like with reed on stage as bella and then someone's like hey man your parts got here for the motorcycle and he's like oh my parts got here i want to go hang out with tessa excuse me like we're done rehearsing for the day he leaves and she immediately bolts back to georgie has to do a quick costume change a single quick costume change and then meets him there that would have been funny effective and fine we did not need that yes i i completely agree It, it was also really unbelievable that it would take like that short of a time for her to get in like full makeup and fully decked out so much so that she's unrecognizable the reason the scene in ever after is so funny and so good when danielle races back to the manor to have paulette and louise put her in the pretty dress Mm -hmm. is that she just barely manages to get to the door in time and it took the three of them and they're literally right off screen panting and like waving themselves with fans it was clearly a Herculean effort, and that scene transformation is so funny for that reason. This was just stupid. Well, even in the first Cinderella story, where Hilary Duff like shows up at the last moment and she's got like the t-shirt over her dress and the apron on. Yeah. And like she's only half changed, but like she gets away with it and like she had to rush and she barely made it. Like that's enough narrative tension. You don't need to keep going back oh. and forth like that. Yeah, no, I I you've established tension. It's been paid off nicely as an audience. I'm satisfied. Please stop now. That scene was so excruciating that Georgie asked, is this over yet? And Tessa said, no, I need to be three people now. Yeah. It was an impressive. It was an impressive decision. So what would you change about this movie? Um, I would have Georgie and Tessa be girlfriends. I would Absolutely. have her be like the Prince Charming character because she's like much cuter than the prince. Oh, so much. The prince uh, gets a couple of decent lines and like I like fine, whatever. I but, didn't hate him. Yeah, as a character. He he makes a couple of good decisions. Yeah. But Tessa and Georgie were so cute, like oh, so immediately. And they had so much chemistry together. I loved them. Yes. And it doesn't help that like I like Georgie a lot more than I like Reed. So like he's got a lot like not going in his favor on this. Yeah. How yeah. about you? What would you change? I mean, also that I would change I would change the entire premise of the movie. <laughs> so just like, a little bitty change, right? Just just instead of auditioning to be in a play for a Cinderella, which then might also have a record deal just be a ballet dancer auditioning for a ballet that's all you need just do a a black swan but pretty just but happy okay you know what i think they could have removed so many things by getting rid of the resort and harper plot line and then just having it be a play and he's gonna star in this play and he shouldn't be a singer like a pop star he should just be like a handsome actor guy oh yeah just that everybody's like into them i if you're gonna do modern cinderellas the concept of a prince is difficult to translate forward in the way that mean stepmother is not it's very easy to translate mean stepmother forward yes so 
all the Cinderella's make him like the biggest pop star or the whatever movie actor dude just like have him be hot (laughs) have him be a good looking fella I just mean that I found it more I thought it would be more believable that like a movie actor would want to be in a play than a pop star would want to be in a play yeah that would have that would have made more sense I don't know it was so weird yeah I just I'm still hung up on it. I can't stop talking about it. I'm so sorry. That's okay. So do you think our listeners should watch this? I don't think you should watch this. Like it was fine. It wasn't terrible. There were some like good parts in it, but I can't think of like anything that you would get from this movie that you can get from another movie. That's probably better. Yeah. Strong, strong agree. Yeah. You don't. Will, will you ever be watching this again? No, I'm good. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, same here. No more. I'm so ready to be done with this Cinderella Story saga. And good news, after this season, we will be done with the Cinderella Story saga. Until they make more, which they inevitably will. I can't predict the future, Talon. I'm not responsible for what does or does not happen in the Cinderverse moving forwards. Okay. So, fi- <laughs> so final grade for this movie. Um, it's coming in at a C plus for me. Okay. Which, no, I take that back. It's coming in at a C for me. Okay. I guess it's fine. Like it's a movie, but it wasn't very good, but it wasn't very bad. It's just a solid C. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess I'll give this a C minus because I think they did a bad job, but (laughs) it was recognizably a cinderella and i do love um i just think of her in my head as evie but i I do like the cinderella girl as an actor i wish they hadn't made her sing because she's really not a great singer she's a lovely dancer and she acts fairly well but um i wish they hadn't made her sing not looking forward singing hadn't been auto-tuned i wish they'd just gone live for the performances or at least made it sound like it was going live like have her sing a cappella, like something. The problem in Descendants also is that she does a lot of auto-tune in Descendants. So I think that she genuinely just doesn't sing that well. Mm. But regardless, she acts fairly well. She can certainly dance. Um, she's very charming. She's very charming. Yeah, I liked her. I liked Georgie. I liked, I liked several things about this. And the things that I disliked weren't like a visceral, soul-deep burning hatred. Just more of a, ugh didn't like that so and the stepmother was fine she's not like the worst stepmother we've seen she's not the best yeah she was she was okay she was distinct i will i will remember her performance without hatred assuming that i can excise the concept of the dog from my head um you mean sparkles yep gonna try to make that go away in my brain well it's almost midnight so thanks for joining us If you like this episode, please leave us a rating or a review. We'd love to hear from you, so follow us at CinderPod on Twitter and Instagram, like our Facebook page, or email us at thecinderellapodcast at gmail.com. If you want bibbidi-bobbidi bonus episodes or to hear us discuss this week's Cinderella, but with more adult questions, language, and beverages, join us in the Ever After Party at patreon.com slash cinderpod. Our intro music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod. You can find him at incompetech.com. So, Liv, what are we watching next week? Next week, we're going to be watching something called Happily Ever After Cinderella. It's made in 1995.
it looks like it's going to be horrifically animated, but it's only 23 minutes long. Mm. So we should be able to get through it, which is really exciting. Something to look forward to. Yeah, something brief. I'm looking forward to the brevity. Yes. Well, until next week, we hope you have a happily ever after.